0: Welcome, everybody, to the University of Applied Research and Development, our videocast. We're delighted to have with us Associate Professor Claire Matthews, who's also the Director of Academic Quality at Massey University. Hi, Claire. Hi,
1: Craig. It's nice to see you. So, as <laughs> yeah, absolutely, especially in these times.
0: What do you tell us about your role and um, what you do? It's a very, very important role at Massey.
1: So, as you say, I'm the Director of Academic Quality for the Massey Business School. I've been in that role for about seven years now. Uh, prior to that, I was uh, an academic teaching and researching in banking and financial advice. Um, and oh, so I've been at the university uh, 25 years. I have to do that, don't you? Um, and um, have moved from a, a, an academic role into the, the current management role that I've got. Um, I've, as, as Director of Academic Quality, sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm distracted. It's a big cat. Um, and, <laughs> it is a big cat, and if he would what's, sit down, then he would be less what, noticeable. Right.
0: What's a cat's we name? he be
1: fine now. Ms. No.
0: Ms. No, okay. Stand Welcome to Mr. the show, Ms. <laughs> All right
1: well, uh, as, as Director of Academic Quality, uh, I have responsibility for the portfolio of programs that Massey Business School offers, and ensuring as the name suggests, the quality um, in terms of what we offer, and making sure that what we provide to students is up to up to their expectations, uh, dealing with students who have concerns or where we make changes, um, managing that for students so that they're not disadvantaged, Um, and ensuring that what we offer is is comprehensive and appropriate and covers the range of things that we need to cover. Uh, We have uh, accreditations that we need to manage as well, so it's part of assuring that we have the quality, so I work with managing those. Um, we have AACSB accreditation, and we're just coming up to another review for that. Uh, we also have Amber for our MBA, which is one of our, or two of our programs in the portfolio. Um, our portfolio programs is a, is a range, so we're dealing with uh, students that are coming straight from school through to a lot of mature students who are uh, in the workforce um, and looking to enhance their career prospects so they have slightly different expectations and then you've got the postgraduate students that are looking for something further so I think that kind of covers the role
0: and so is it um, largely data-based or statistically based how, how do you gather your feedback to make decisions
1: uh, no uh, there is some data involved absolutely because you've got to we looking at student performance, you're looking at, um, you know, what proportion of students, you know, what's the number of students you've got, because that's an indication of whether you've got a product that they like. Um, it's a matter of uh, how well they're doing. Um, well, we don't want all the students to get A's. Um, at one level, yes, we'd like to, but realistically, they shouldn't, because you've got a mix of students. So, uh, it's about making sure that students are getting a grade that uh, reflects their uh, performance in this class. Uh, So you're looking at things like that, but it's also about talking to the students and actually getting their feedback on what's working well for them, what's not working so well, Uh, and also talking to the employers who are going to take these students into the sector, you know, who who are going to employ the end product, if you like, that the university produces, and talking to them about what are their expectations of what students are going to do, but also what is their um, experience of what they're getting from the students that are coming out.
0: And so from your previous roles, because you've had a number of other positions as well with Massey and, and outside of the university as well. Um, which of those positions do you think contributed to preparedness for the role that you have right now?
1: Um, I'm not sure I'd, I'd say that was any one of them. I think it was all of them in different ways. Um, As you say, I've had a number of different roles um, within the university, Uh, I've been a pure academic, I've had responsibilities for um, managing some of our sub-programs within the university um, from an academic perspective, Uh, but also externally, Uh, so before the university I worked for a bank, um, and that teaches you a lot about uh, accuracy, confidentiality, getting things right, and uh, meeting consumer needs. Um, I've also been on some boards, um, I've been on a council, uh, a a local authority, uh, that teaches you a lot about dealing with people because unfortunately if you're a counsellor, basically no matter what you do, somebody doesn't like it and you're going to upset somebody and so you learn to deal with the complaints and learn to take on board what people are saying. Um, while acknowledging that sometimes people will complain simply because they don't fully understand. So there's those sorts of things. And then being on, um, I've been on some boards and that teaches you about, again, mixing, uh, interacting with different people. And um, just uh, because the organisations that I was on the board with, uh, different types of organisations are dealing with different situations, uh, that all helps. Um One in particular, um, I was on the board of a um, a credit union, and one of the things we had to do was, uh, while I was on the board, was we introduced a new computer system. And as a board member, I was, um, well not involved day to day, I was involved at an oversight level and making sure that uh, we were doing that well. What was interesting was, at the same time, we were introducing a new computer system at the university. Now, my role at the university was slightly different with that, um, as I was a bit more hands-on in terms of helping develop the business processes. I wasn't in the IT system, but I was helping to. Be, and it was interesting to, com- to compare that, and my experience on the board meant that I understood a lot more what was actually happening at the university. I understood what the university was thinking about, in terms of the introduction, whereas had I not had that experience, I would have just been looking at it from a user perspective, which would have been somewhat different.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting that different different organisations or different disciplines you can cross pollinate your ideas, because we've got um, a range of different people in our Masters of Education program, from principals and directors to classroom teachers. <clears throat> I'd be interested to hear from you. How do you think in in a, in a in an elementary and high school environment, what sort of quality checks could people put in place, could educators put in place to, to make sure they're thinking about the different stakeholders involved in quality and providing quality education?
1: Um, so uh, I have had some involvement with secondary education, um, both as parent of children going through, uh, but also being on the board of the local high school and the local primary school so I've, I've been involved to that extent. Uh, again, it's a matter of talking to the people, talking to the community, talking to the parents. Uh, so one of the things we would do is if we were looking at making some substantial changes, we would go out and talk to the community um, because even um, with with certainly in New Zealand it may be different elsewhere, but certainly in New Zealand, A school is not just about the people that attend, it's about the broader community as well. Um, And so it's it's important to talk to the whole community. So we would talk to them, um, welcome feedback, um, provide opportunities for feedback in terms of um, what's being experienced. Um, It's also possible to talk to employers. So if you've got students going out on work experience, then obviously you can talk to the employers that are involved in that. But even if you've got students that have left and you know actually got into full-time employment, you can still talk to the t- sorts of employers. So talk to the big employers in your local community about what are they looking for in the students that are gonna come out of the school. What are the skills that they need? Um, because there's a whole lot of um, academic skills that they need, but there's also some life skills, which it's important for schools to be provided. So it's talking about them and talking to universities. So there's a lot of work goes on in New Zealand, talking to universities and between the Ministry of Education that oversees the the schools and the universities, to make sure that what the students are coming out with is what's required by the universities uh, in order for the students to do well when they get to university.
0: And so within the university that you're leading, Right now, with Massey, what are some of the projects that you're focused on right now within your area?
1: Uh, within my area, um, one is the pandemic. Um, while it's not a project as such and certainly one right. we're not to have to deal with, the reality is that it's created a change in the operating environment and we have to manage that. So we have students that we would expect to be in New Zealand that are um, having to learn from offshore, which was not what they expected. We're having to manage that we can't have students in the classroom, even if they are in New Zealand, as we would expect. So as we talk, uh, Auckland is in a level three situation where we cannot have students on campus. Whereas Massey has three campuses, we can have students at our other two campuses. So we also have to manage the equity so that the students are not disadvantaged in Auckland because they can't go to campus. Um, and what we do, is, uh, even thinking about exams, so we've moved away from having in-person exams and dealing with on- online assessments to, uh, to manage that. Um, and it's about putting in place the process. There's just a whole lot of things that have had to go on and are continuing to have discussions. So that's certainly one of the projects. Um, Another key project is around accreditation, so I mentioned that we've got AACSB accreditation and AMBAR accreditation, those both have uh, re-accreditation visits coming and unfortunately the pandemic has had an influence there, so whereas those visits would normally be in person, they're going to be virtual visits this year or this time around So there's a lot of work that has to go in during reports and um, preparing for the visit and providing all the information that's required to demonstrate that we should retain the accreditation. And we also uh, have applied for a new accreditation. So we've had a lot of work going on for that. um, So that's another key project. And the third key project uh, that I've been working on more recently is around uh, just reviewing our portfolio of of um qualifications so working with the senior leadership team within the massey business school to work out what is uh what what products that we've got what qualifications that we've got actually should we remove um because it's not efficient to continue operating them uh, the students have demonstrated that actually they're not interested in them by not registering for them uh, and new qualifications do we need how do we um provide a good experience and taking on board the changes and expectations for students. So for example, there's a growing emphasis on what's called work integrated learning. So it's that on the job experience, actual practical experience, not just in the classroom. So we're having discussions about how we implement that and introduce that. The on
0: the job integrated learning that provides some challenges around assessment and quality and projects. How do you navigate that?
1: Um, well, there's just a lot of work going on there. So we do offer internships and we have offered internships for a number of years. Uh, so we've had, so that's a sort of um, a starting point for it. So that's an opportunity for students to go out and spend time in the workplace. And that's really valuable. But you're right, it does take a lot of management. Uh, it's quite... If you like labour intensive, because it does need to be managed, and it's about having the right placements for the students, both in terms of their needs, but also in terms of the environment that they're going into, that it's safe for them, um, and all the different ways that you talk about safety. So it's not just physical safety; it's uh, mental safety as well. So it's uh, it's doing that and setting up assessments um, tends to be uh, a lot of reflective type assessment. So it's about thinking about what is their experience, what does that mean, um, and what can they learn from that experience. So even if something didn't go well, you could take a lot of learning from that. So it's, um, it's about doing that. So there's a, it's a lot about relationships. Um, I'm obviously not directly involved in that, but the people that do, it's about the relationships that they have, both with the providers of the internship opportunities, but also with the students.
0: So with all these things that you have going on, Claire, what do you do to de-stress as a leader at the end of the day?
1: Um, Well, I'm fortunate, if you like, in that I normally, when I'm uh, not stuck at home working because of pandemics, um, I have a 30-minute commute to work. So that's actually really helpful both for um, on the way to work, getting into the mindset and also coming home. Um, I do tend to listen to, um, I actually usually listen to the Economist audio edition um, while I'm driving, um, which I find quite useful. Uh, so it keeps me up to date. I'm, I'm fortunate that in my commute, it's on open road. So I don't see a traffic light. I don't see a roundabout. I don't see a lot of other traffic. So I don't have the stresses that you might have in commuting in other circumstances where you've got to deal with a lot of traffic. Um, it's, it's not quite, I'm the only one on the road, but it it's tends to be quite light traffic, which is quite good. So, that, so that's helpful. But I'm also very conscious of good health. Um, so unless there are exceptional circumstances so that I have to have a really early start for some reason, then I go for a walk every morning, I take the dog for a walk, and he and I have some great conversations, which is really helpful. Um, so I watch what I eat so that I'm which is not to say I don't eat anything. that um, Not everything I eat is absolutely healthy, but I do have a focus on, on what I eat. So it's, I'm, I'm very conscious of, of um, physical health. And um, also as part of that, I'm very committed to my 10,000 steps a day. So um, I've been doing that for a number of years now. And I, the only days I have missed for several years now is when I happen to have had the opportunity to travel overseas, and because of time zone differences, basically I miss a day coming home. When you're coming to New Zealand, you from the other side of the world you kind of skip a day. And so it's very hard to do ten thousand steps when you don't have a day. But beyond that, so it's it's part of that that walking is it's, it's very much that. So it's it's an opportunity. Um, if you're physically healthy, you can cope better with whatever life might throw at you.
0: Completely agree. And I would imagine those talks with the dog in the morning would be quite a powerful way to set the scene for the day. He um, ra-
1: provides <laughs> wonderful advice.
0: <laughs> hey, Claire, just as we wrap up in the last couple of minutes, for aspiring leaders, whether they're a classroom teacher or a principal looking for the next step or someone in, in academia, what would you say might be some learning experiences or opportunities that people should take hold of before you know, taking their next step into leadership?
1: um one opportunity is actually to join organizations so um my partly simply because i've had children uh, there's been opportunities to join lots of organizations uh so from a local kindergarten being at schools uh sports organizations to get involved in those sorts of things and the opportunity to get involved with a wide range of people is actually really helpful because as a leader you're going to be involved with all sorts of people and you need to know how to interact with those people. But also being on those committees. Um, so whether you take on a specific role, such as treasurer or secretary, or whether you're just there providing input and being part of the discussion. Again, it's it's about interacting with people, thinking about the sorts of things, um, because all organisations, whether it is the local kindergarten the local soccer club, whatever, they need to have Um, people that are leading them and so the committees do that so uh, by being involved in those organizations it gives you some experiences that you can then apply so you might think you know what is the relevance but the reality is that those all add up and help you develop and develop different skills, which you can then bring into any leadership role that you've got
0: fantastic love it Claire, really want to thank you for your time sharing your experiences and your wisdom at this difficult time Um, appreciate you making time and also rescheduling for us so we can hear from you today
1: Um, My pleasure Glad I could help